We're living through not only pandemic times, but a strong surge, probably the strongest surge of COVID since this whole shish kabang <laughs> fired off. How's it been? How long has it been? How long have we been on this rock? This pandemic? Two years? Everyone's got COVID. It's like Oprah handing out COVID instead of cars or whatever. Is there even going to be an Academy Awards ceremony? Do we know? Yeah. Is it later again this year? Because last year, wasn't it in like... It was delayed by a couple months. We'll see. We're talking about the Golden Globes for those who are listening. Yeah, the Golden Globes. <laughs> but before, we've had another unfortunate death. One mysterious and unfortunate death, and then another legend that we've lost last week, Sidney Poitier, Poitier, who was the first black man to ever win an Academy Award, I think, in the 60s? 63, 64? Wasn't he like 90-something? Yeah, he died of old age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he died... Well, we could say he died well. But yeah, like you were saying, just yesterday, I think Bob Saget passed away. Yeah, Bob Saget. Just hours after a A show. show. Which is crazy to me because I just saw him in something, like a video as I was scrolling through Instagram. And I was like, oh, I wonder what Bob Saget's up to these days. Literally just two days ago. And then then this. I'm like shocked. I mean, he was 65 and he was found in a hotel room. They haven't said what happened. They did say that it was not... No foul play. Yeah, and also, I think there were no drugs involved, so it was probably cardiac arrest or something. Yeah, but it's unfortunate. Crazy. Yeah, he was saying he was just getting back into stand-up. He was very excited for doing shows again. and He was greatly loved yeah. by a lot of people. John Stamos said he's just absolutely devastated and broken. He said he had a great relationship with him, and he'll never have a relationship like that with anyone else. Um, which, you know, is understandable. They've been working together for forever, so. I've been watching clips since hearing the news because I was up. Of Full House? No, of Saget's Stand more, up? what's, there's an S word, a synonym for like dirty, his dirty humor. Oh, uh, salacious. Salacious, yes, because he was not known to be a clean comic. It was only because of Full House and right. his other show that right. um, he, he was. He was like pegged as this American dad. He's this wholesome guy, but he had a, he had a, a hilarious and sick sense of humor that I honestly didn't know about until I started watching clips. Uh, what a legend. Yeah, he and Norm, to lose them both within a few months is, yeah. is crazy. Really sad. Yeah, a loss for the comedic world. My dad, we had a very weird existence. I was 11, and he was a meat executive. He was like a head of meat. He was a meathead, basically. And he would just tell me sick shit, which is why I became a comedian before I did anything else. We would be in a restaurant, this is true, and he was sitting next to me and he had a menu and he said, tonight's specials are cake and cock and they're out of cake. (laughs) And I was like, I'm 11. (laughs) I like cake. They don't have cake? He was a sick guy, really funny, but just said weird stuff. He went through the depression. He would say jokes like, ask me how I slept last night. How'd you sleep? Like a baby with your mom's tit in my mouth. I'm like, oh my God. I want to be emancipated, you creepy man. I didn't know what he was talking about. He would do dumb things. He said, I read the newspaper today. I think it was a misprint. I didn't know if the guy shot himself or shit himself. Just a walking rim shot, the whole thing. He was a supermarket person, uh, supermarkets. He said that one day A&P was going to merge with Stop and Shop and be Stop and Pee. We will carry on his memory so that he doesn't die twice. What is that saying? You die 
two or three times. I don't know, Gabe. What's the saying? You die twice? You die, and then you die again when... (laughs) (laughs) All right. What are you trying to say? Are you talking about the death internally that we all... No, like when people people lose their memory of you, or like the last time people talk about you, there's like another... Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're here to celebrate life (laughs) and uh, creativity. Sure, sure. And so in Bob Saget's memory... Today, we're talking about the Golden Globes. And then we're going to do something that I've really been wanting to do. I'm going to force Gabe to make a top 10 list of 2021. I've done a rough draft just now. And uh, we'll give you our 2021 lists. As part of this cast? At the end. Yeah. All right. It's ever moving because there's still a few films I haven't seen yet. Yeah. I think the only one I haven't seen at this point. Macbeth. Well, is Macbeth and is uh, Licorice Pizza. Still haven't seen that yet. Um, So... But I don't think Licorice Pizza will take a spot for in, me. In your 10? In my top 10. It might. It might surprise you. Wow. It's not in mine. I do think Macbeth might take a, a spot. Yeah, it, that, I'm, I'm planning on that taking one of mine. That's coming out this week, I'm gonna leave. I'm going to leave number 10 open for Macbeth, even though it'll probably slide in there at like three or four, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Good use of the word slide. I want to slip it in. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty low on the totem pole. Because I love me. Can we leave that? In? <laughs> yeah, we can. What? There's no innuendo. Yes, there is. <laughs> it is solely innuendo. I love some monochromatic Shakespeare, you know. So what can I say? And some Cohen brother, singular. And some Denzel, man. Half of the Conan brothers is Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah. is is the lead along with like a bunch of other great yeah, supporting a nuts or cast. Just, so. It's like watching a, what was the other thing that we were just remarking at the cast is just insane. Don't look Don't up. Don't look up. Don't look up or freaking Nightmare Alley. That cast was insane too. Yeah. A lot of great ensembles <laughs> coming out recently. Let's talk about, we're not going to cover all of the Golden Clothes, but let's talk about what interests us the most, I guess. First and foremost for me would be the best motion picture drama being Power of the Dog, which is what I was saying yeah. when we recorded Power of the Dog, that this movie is incredible. Mm-hmm. And might win awards, and I was hoping it would win awards. It definitely is in my top ten. Spoilers for twenty minutes from now. Yeah, that is honestly, while absolutely deserving of its, you know, praise. I'm shocked. It's very interesting to me. Yeah. And the Golden Globes always do their own thing. I I don't honestly think it'll even be nominated for the Academy Awards. Wait, I thought Golden Globes were the ones that kind of. It's the drunk Oscars. It's like the shitty Oscars, TV Oscars. I thought they were the ones that like were the precursors to the Oscars. Yeah, but they also have a lot of like inter- a lot interesting. Like yeah, no, that's true. But like a lot of the stuff that happens at Golden Globes ends up being the stuff that happens at the Academy Awards. It, yeah, historically, yes. There we we have our <laughs> like, in our first ten episodes. I had the buzz phrase awards momentum. Yeah, this is awards momentum. I don't think so. I feel like Power of the Dog was the dark horse. Okay. Or like it would be the dark horse. For the Academy okay. Awards, I hear you. <laughs> Stevens flipping me off. Right <laughs> no, but like I said, it totally deserved. And also, Jane Campion got the best director for drama film, motion picture. The corresponding category for this, which I was saying, she was amazing, and I want to see more from her. Yeah. She's she blew me away. Mo- it's funny because the other best picture <laughs> category had all the well, not all of them. There were more in there, though, that I thought would have been nominated. For musical or comedy, it was West Side Story. And then again, Rachel Zegler for best performance in a musical or comedy motion picture by an actress. How do you feel about that? She was great. Like, honestly, really great. And then best supporting for an actress, 
in any motion picture was Ariana DeBose, DeBose, I can't, I still don't know how to pronounce her name, but that she's also from West Side Story. And then of No Way Home and Amazing Spider-Man fame, Andrew Garfield won Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy for Tick, Tick, Boom, which is a huge deal. We were just saying how much we're on the Andrew Garfield hype train. I've always been on the Andrew Garfield hype train. I just recently boarded, so it's good to be here. Thanks Welcome. for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets are selling fast for this hype train. <laughs> His performance in Tick, Tick, Boom is great. It was wonderful. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Cody Smith-McPhee won for Best Supporting Role in Any Motion Picture. He's also from The Power of the Dog. Really great. I'm glad that he won. That's interesting because in my mind, he's always that, you know, he's Nightcrawler from the latter x-men movies and really interesting to just see him become now like we can an say an award-winning yeah, actor has portrayed award-winning Night- actor. nightcrawler <laughs> i know it's pretty wild best screenplay was kenneth Branagh's belfast yeah best original score hans zimmer won for dune what you, what up with that you must be excited about that that I, I was thrilled yeah best original song no time to die by eyelash billy yeah Nice. Uh, and then best motion picture animated it was Encanto, which I'm super pumped about. I can't tell you uh, at this point how many times I've seen that movie because we watch it almost every day in my house. Every day almost? Gwen is in love with it. Wow. So I'm a big Encanto fan. I can't tell you enough. It's Disney's 60th animated motion picture of all time. 60th. Wow. And it's amazing. It's one for the books. In my opinion, Encanto is one of the best Disney movies maybe in the last two decades. Like I just really? had, I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's been a better one in my mind. This is the one with the magic. Yes. The one we just casted. <laughs> the to. one with the magic. Also Will Smith for best actor in a dramatic motion picture in King Richard. Nice. King nice Richard was great. Will Smith is back, baby. After a string of misses and near misses and misters, we're well, back. You're just choosing the wrong films, but he's always been a great actor. Yeah. And yep. Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos for best actor. Yeah, she was great in that. I honestly think there have been stronger performances by women in movies, so that was a little weird for me. But on the TV side of things, lots of TV. Succession just basically ran a clinic. Yep. On uh, best dramatic series, best actor, best actress, I think. With the Underground Railroad. I also haven't watched Hacks. What the heck is that? It's another HBO series with Gene Smart. I think it's about comedians. Oh, really? That sounds interesting. I'm not sure. I just read the log line because I haven't heard anything about it. That sounds interesting. I'll have to check it out. Gene Smart's a legend, so yeah. I'm sure it's great. Yeah. And then, then Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, best actor in a com- com- comedy or musical. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My response should be like, <gasps> shocker. That took my breath away. But no, Ted Lasso's been winning everything for like a couple of years now, I feel. Yeah, and Kate Winslet in the corresponding win for Mayor of Easttown. Mayor of Easttown. And also, something I did not expect was the old man from Squid Game taking supporting actor. Over Kieran Culkin, man. Oh Young Sue. Yeah, Oh Young Sue. Over Kieran Culkin. Oh, that's that's wild. Uh, our Succession podcast is coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. We all just watched it. You, me, and Allie. But Succession is great, and... Sarah Snook won for best uh, best performance by an actress in a television supporting role. Shibong, mm-hmm. and then Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall, won for best performance by an actor in a television drama series. Yeah, 
And then best television series drama overall, like Gabe said, was First Succession. So Succession has been, I believe in the words of Gabe, popping off. Yeah. Has it been historically? I can't remember. How I've never said that before. It's popping off. You've never said that? No. Maybe that's just I don't, a, li- I don't dip. I don't live in the Zoomer world that, like you do. I don't even think that's a Zoomer thing. Oh, I think it's, that's, not, it's not a millennial thing. It's a, I think it's like a gaming thing. Okay. It's popping off. It's popping off. <laughs> and we also got some love for Dope Sick, Michael Keaton, best actor in a miniseries. That looked really interesting. It's about pharmaceuticals. Dope Sick has been quietly making waves since it came out. Uh-huh. I haven't watched it, but it's cool to see that show getting some recognition. We also haven't watched Mare of Easttown, but have been recommended to yeah. by like a bunch of people. I almost watched it because it's in the wake of those... What I call now, lovingly, the true detective genre. Yeah, yeah. Or cinematic universe. Which I'm just like, why don't they just make these seasons into other true detective seasons? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what Sharp Objects should have been. Honestly, that was like a really good season of true detective. Yeah, even though... Jean-Marc Valley. Yeah, R.I.P. Even though uh, Amy Adams was not a detective. <laughs> she was basically a detective. But Mayor of Easttown is actually a detective. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's all semantics. the idea of detective. Yeah. So that's our rundown. That's our quick reacts to Golden Globes saving you, our audience, a Google search. <laughs> because that's what we're about is serving the people. I'm also the, all about... On the Pulp Copcast. The Crap Copcast. Copcast. I'm all about episodes where I'm using a different color because I'm so sick of seeing the blue and the green all the time. I'm like, give me some, give me some other colors. What's our color this time? Black. Black, <laughs> black is beautiful news. No, can we leave that in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can. Okay, cool. And we can leave. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we need to start leaving in the "Can we leave that in?" segments. <laughs> well, I just I don't know. I don't want to offend anyone. Cut ever. the tapes. I don't want to offend. I don't listen. Take a um, lesson out of Bob Saget's book, and sometimes. You just got to go for the comedy. I just it's easier to ask want it for to be known forgiveness than permission. I don't think that that's true. <laughs> no, it's not true today. <laughs> no, cancel culture is insane. Yeah, you could say one thing ten years ago <laughs> on Twitter and be canceled today for it. Twenty years ago, I said a thing. You could you <laughs> could say something <laughs> not even that offensive and be canceled for it. Yeah, it's delicate being a uh, public persona. And are we public personas? Kind of. Anytime you put work out into the world, even a podcast, I feel like you're a public persona, you know, it's like, there you go. which is weird because I'm the most, what's the word? Gay? <laughs> no, I'm the most like quiet <laughs> person, completely cut off from social media, except for when you're sending me memes on IG message. It's so But funny. are you gay? I'm not gay. <laughs> Dang it. What if I was though? <laughs> well, what if I was? What if I was? Uh, let's switch gears yeah and do our top 10 <gasps> the thing i'm most excited for a 2021 forget everything you've heard up to this point this is the thing i'm most excited for retrospective our 2021 retrospective yeah, this is an exciting thing i usually don't make lists or rankings because yeah and i i honestly feel bad because i totally agree with the mentality of not having to rank things but i live my life in such a black and white yeah. dogmatic box of my own making that I it's really hard for me not to segregate things. It's funny because you're also a competitive person. So it makes sense for people who have that 
sort of personality type to put the world into like a framework, right? Or a schematic that makes sense. Yeah, I've always navigated life that way, honestly, as far back as I can remember. It's really hard for me not to because, you know, you just have to make sense of something. Yeah. You go, oh, I don't want to be around that person. Top 10 friends. Because they're mean. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to put them in this box over here. Did I make the top 10? Of mean people. Nice. Of top 10 friends? Top 10 people that I want to talk to on a podcast with. (laughs) You're the only one. You're the only one that I want doing this. Oh, that's very kind. You're honestly the only one I'd want it. Unless I was doing like a just total shit cast with like, you know, random people from the Discord I hang out in. A very niche podcast where it's like top 10 sushi restaurants in Irvine. (laughs) (laughs) Then I would want them on the cast. Probably... But uh, everything else, I'd rather be talking with you. So I'm glad. What would you call that podcast? I'm so curious. Asian Delights. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I want you to go first. With the listing, the ranking? Yeah. I'm still trying to figure mine out because I've watched so much in the last 48 hours. I'm like, again, there's a couple movies that we haven't seen yet. It's so hard for me to figure out films four through ten on my list i have the top three really easily though you don't need to say them in order once you get past three you can say the rest of these are just in there so my easy one two you know what it is it's dune and the green knight i was gonna say spider-man uh is spider-man in your top 10 i keep you don't have any blockbusters in your top 10 dune's a blockbuster apart from dune you know now that you mention it i don't think i do (laughs) I actually, and I keep forgetting the Spider-Man should be in there. I think I would put Spider-Man What about Ghostbusters? No. Afterlife. No. Didn't make the cut, folks. You heard, uh, it, you heard it here first. It's just not the thing. I, even if no, I, I'm I just enjoy messing it. with you. I'm just... I, well, I know, but it's grounds for a small conversation. Okay. Uh, but yeah, most of the stuff on my list is not blockbuster. So after Dune and the Green Knight. I'm not surprised by that, by the way. Which, as Denny would say, I deeply loved it. I deeply loved it. Somewhere in that list... What was your third? I, I keep thinking about it. It might be Power of the Dog, to be honest. What? Wasn't that when you gave me a top 10 like last week? Wasn't Power of the Dog not even in your top 10? Only because I forgot about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not fair to say that I... Because f- I'm very forgetful. Steven knows this. But once I like recall that experience... You're what? like a... <laughs> the goldfish? <laughs> yeah, you're like a goldfish. <laughs> that's not fair. Let's call you the goldfish. Uh, but also, we come on... gave the goldfish over here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me finish. The rest of this list... <laughs> Sorry. Basically, uh, in, in, it's pretty close. In no particular order, it would be Nightmare Alley, Come On, Come On, Titan, Spencer, The Last Duel, Belfast. Whoa. Which makes nine... Yeah, we have one more. The last one will probably be Macbeth, and it'll probably go much higher or lower on the list, depending on the way you organize it. It'll be closer to Dune for me. And I think that basically sums it up. It honestly, it, w- it wasn't a very thrilling year for me in film, because I keep comparing things to 2019, which was like the definitive year of cinema for my adult life so far, especially being like right before the pandemic, because it was like just nonstop bangers that year. For especially for indie film or small, comparatively speaking, small budget film, and I have that list somewhere too. I could dig it up, but, uh, but yeah, that that's my 2021, and I'm looking again at all the stuff I've seen. Not not a lot else I feel like would would fit into that top ten. I don't even know if I'd put Bond in there. Wait, wait so what's your third? Well, that's what I can't sort out. You think it's Power of the Dog, but if it wasn't Power of the Dog, what would it be? Come on, come on. Or Nightmare Alley. The more I think about. I'm Rally. What one do you like more personally? 
Um, that would be your third. Probably Nightmare Alley. I just can't get genre film out of my mind. But yeah. like, if I, in terms of what profoundly impacted me, Come yeah. On, Come On would probably be the one. Ooh. Because I really love the way that Mike Mills wrote and shot that film. I know. I've been thinking about it a lot. There are very few films that stick with me and I, and I reminisce on for months afterward. And Come On, Come On is one of them. Um, surprisingly, Power of the Dog is not. But Nightmare Alley also was one of those. Like, I, keep think, I keep thinking about the tone of that movie. Yeah. Even more so than like Spider-Man, which I loved. It's funny thinking about these films too, because most of the films on this list, or at least like the ones that are higher up, are films that were written and then directed by the same person. I don't think Denny wrote really the screenplay for Dune, but otherwise all these films, Green Knight, Come On, Come On. Yeah. They're all auteur Nightmare films. Alley. Yeah. Yeah. Power of the Dog. Yeah. So when you think about 2019 as being like a great year for film. For Benchmark you, for, for you, me. For Just you. insane. What do you think about when you think about 2022, upcoming year, How going you, into 2023? What do you mean? Do you think it will compete with your 2019? I think 2022 is going to smash 2021 and it, it will be close to 2019. And that's because most of the filmmakers from 2019 are, are releasing a film yeah. this year. And I'm very excited to see, especially uh, Ari Aster and Robert Eggers. Yeah. Yeah. And not just the people on that list, but there's a lot of other films. I was just looking at a Criterion article for 2022, and it wasn't even a complete holistic list, but just the films that they were showing from a indie perspective, it's going to be a really good year. I mean, because 20, 2021 was still dealing with like COVID, and I'm very excited for this year in film and television. In fact, it'd be worth mentioning some of the stuff we watched for TV in 2021. Yeah, that was, I mean, I watched, we watched, t, I watched a you lot. You watch a lot of I TV. I watched <laughs> series and TV, like, probably more than film, I would say. When I think about television, I get more excited about that than about film. But, I don't think I even watched 10 series in 2021. Oh, really? But I did write a few down. We, but I don't know. You, you could do your list first before we talk about television. Yeah. What is your film of 2021? Top 10. I think you know. Dune. I mean, you, yeah. Part one. I was so happy when I saw you put Dune as your one. I'm really, I'm really glad you enjoyed that as much as I did. Or almost as much. <laughs> Look, I mean, I, I've been saying this for years. Go back and listen to all of our episodes, but Denny Villeneuve is... My favorite filmmaker of all of like right now. He replaced Spielberg for me. And it's so nuts. We're only 10 years deep into his main line. Yeah, like the he, bulk of his career. I'm just like, he, <laughs> he gets it. He's <laughs> yeah. He's like someone like I, uh, like I would put, oh, I can't say that. Would you, shake, would you shake his hand? I can't even, I'm not even going to put that on the podcast. <laughs> he really is just that good. It's crazy. Like even like, other 21st century icons like Chris Nolan, I feel yeah. like they just, there's always something, right? That's yeah. like holding them back just a little bit. But Denny is like, he gets it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like Arrival, Enemy. Enemy is like one of, the, okay, there's not, a, I never, I haven't ever really said this in this way, but there's not a lot of movies that like really consume my mind palace. Gabe and I talk about this, not in those words, but like the mind palace, the, the space in your mind that just kind of headspace, your, yeah, takes up your, your thought and almost like makes you live in a in different reality than the one you're experiencing. When a, when a good film causes you to dissociate. <laughs> yeah. Disassociation. Exactly. And, and enemy was one of those that like, when I saw that movie, 
for about eight months to a year, I just kept thinking about it. Like I, and it doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. Even when I was just talking about Nightmare Alley and Come On, Come On, those movies I've been thinking a lot about, but not in the way that Enemy was. Enemy, there was something very specific about it. Mm-hmm. Much like Eyes Wide Shut, like also did that for me. Yeah. It's not even like the subject matter, but no. the atmosphere and the tone of his films, there's a dreamlike quality to it. Yeah. And it's so easy to just get lost in that. It was so... I love when films are weird. The weirder, the better. I'm a massive David Lynch fan. Give me David Lynch. Six seasons in a movie. So Denny Villeneuve is like one of those filmmakers that understands the weird mm-hmm. of like Lynch, but creates content for a more accessible, yeah, audience. So yeah. anyway, Dune, you gotta put Denny at the top. I love Spider-Man, probably my favorite IP, but Dune beats it for me because... Mm-hmm. You know, it's a better movie. <laughs> and then, tell. and then my number two would be The Power of the Dog. There we go. Because I, I, that movie is amazing, and I fell in love with it. Jane Campion, like I, I've been saying, it. just go back and listen to our podcast. Uh, then three would be Spider Man No Way Home for sure. I honestly didn't think I'd have a lot of blockbusters this year on my list either. But Spider Man is one of those really rare movies. It's currently, it's probably going to keep inclining, but it's currently. The eighth highest grossing film of all time. Really? Yeah. What does that mean for Marvel? Is it like It's top? beat Titanic. It's already beat all these other films. Oh, it means that like... It hasn't overtaken. It, it is almost ensured that Marvel and Sony will continue to work together. Like I, I would be so shocked if Sony was like, I think we got this now, guys. <laughs> I think Let's, we've made enough money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we should uh, pull out of our partnership with Marvel. I think it almost ensures that we're going to get another Tom Holland trilogy... Yeah. That lays the brick for Miles Morales and all that stuff. We'll see how much money Tom wants and then... This is taking forever for me, but yeah. Anyway, four would be Green Knight. Five would be Nightmare Alley. Six would be Come On, Come On. Easy. Mm-hmm. Those three, to me, were easily right underneath the first three. Yeah. So seven through ten is like... I'm still thinking about it and they're sort of interchangeable. And I really think, like Gabe said, Macbeth will probably take one of these spots. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. I don't think Licorice Pizza will. Uh, and then we get to my number seven, which was up until just a day ago, nine days, which you're going to take out my number seven and then nine days completely because it was kind of there for filler and replace it with Tick, Tick, Boom. The Andrew Garfield. Yep. Directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. The musical about Jonathan Larson's life, right? From yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Really good. It spoke to me personally. We'll be doing an episode on it soon, but I'm sort of surprised I have, I think, two musicals in my top 10. So that's the first one. You're a musical guy. Yeah, but I don't historically like musicals that much. Like, I, I do enjoy them when they're really good. And this was an exceptional film. Uh, eight would be Ghostbusters Afterlife. I freaking loved that movie. Nine would be Blue Bayou. And this is the one that will probably exit the list. If Macbeth comes in, uh, but Blue Bayou, I really loved. I thought was amazingly directed, and that was something that stuck with me. That movie. I forgot about Blue Bayou. Yeah. <laughs> I might, I might have to tap that one in, uh, replace uh, Belfast. To be honest, because it had like yeah. See, Belfast didn't make it because I was like, all the other films go before it, yeah. including Nine Days for Did me. Spencer slipping there? No, no. I keep saying slip and slide. We. Should... <laughs> I liked Spencer a lot. That was definitely in my top 10. Yeah. Yeah. Not, Spencer, not one that all. Spencer's good. If we would have seen it at the same time, I, we probably would have done an episode about it. Just wasn't weird enough for you, huh, Steven? No. You need to be weirder. He always wanted to be real weird. 
Which, for the record, I, I, Stephen doesn't think Titan is weird. I said Titan, right? Yeah, you okay. did. Uh, Blue Bios in there, like I said, probably will leave the list. I really did like that movie. And then number 10 is Encanto. Nice. Really Some animation representation. Yeah, and then there's a few films I have not seen, like we were saying. Um, like, I've heard Coda is good. Yeah. I only heard about that film a few days ago. Yeah. It's a very small budget streaming title. Uh-huh. Follows a young woman. I can't remember. And Children of Deaf Adults or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, her whole family's deaf except for her. Yeah. I don't know. It just completely, I missed it. So Yeah, there's a few movies that like we just missed. So Yeah, it, it was one of the nominations for Golden Globe's Best Dramatic Picture or mm-hmm. Best Drama. And then there's other few like really random movies that I heard were good that like I follow a bunch of people on Instagram, a bunch of film accounts, some animated films. There was this one that came out on Netflix called Mitchell's Versus the Robots or something like that. Yeah. That I heard was actually like a really good movie. Yeah. And so I, I haven't seen it, but like it, even from watching the trailer, I was like, oh, that looks really good, but I haven't returned to it yet. There was the one neon one about the Palestinian or something. He was escaping. It yeah. was called Flea. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it. It looked like a docudrama. Yes. Yeah. But it was animated, the yeah. whole thing, <laughs> in the style of the docudrama. So you're cutting back and forth between this man talking mm-hmm. and his story as a child. Mm-hmm. Which was, it was a cool approach. Yeah, it looked really good. There's a bunch of other stuff, honestly, that we haven't seen. So as the Academy Awards come closer and we see the nominations come out, there'll probably be a few things that we'll be checking out retroactively and then be podcasting about, as we always have. I think we've probably already done podcasts for a lot of the stuff that's going to be nominated, though, which is pretty wild. Well, that's our intent, isn't it? So yeah. But that's it, why we started the podcast. It just happens naturally. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, my hope was that, honestly, as we would continue through each year that we would already be doing episodes about things that would be nominated so that when the nominations came out, we wouldn't have to go do like eight episodes of like watching mm-hmm. all this stuff. That's what happened last year. We had to like go back and do more. And so do they just do 10 a piece now for nominations for best picture? No, no, 10 is the limit. So oftentimes it can be five. If they're like, these are the five films, there were not more than five films that we're going to nominate for Best Picture, but it can be up to 10. Wasn't two years ago the first year they did 10? Yeah, that's a newer rule. It's a new precedent. But it's not two years ago. I think it was a little bit older than that. But we had 10 to to choose from. We'll probably not get 10 this year. Two years ago, 2019, when we started this podcast, that was nine Oh yeah, selections. Our we, tenth we, cast was our tenth the, cast was the, the recap. Yeah, where we got to uh, flip out over Parasite. <laughs> yes, I'll never forget that night. Yeah, because of the company we were in. <laughs> that was that was wild. And then driving here to record, so good. I was high on life. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I would love to get. I don't know if you have one prepared, but maybe a few shout outs because of you probably have seen enough shows series to make a top ten list. You know, it's weird. Like when people ask me. Uh, what should I watch on TV? Because I get a lot of people asking me that question. I always refer them. I try to ask them questions to like figure out what they like. And then I refer them to shows that like I have heard are good mm-hmm. or maybe have seen myself. But a lot of times I'm referring people to things that I haven't seen, like Mayor of Easttown, for example, just because I know that they're good. But I just I haven't personally seen them or don't have an actual interest in them. <laughs> Mayor of Easttown, I would actually watch mainly because of Evan Peters. Yeah. Because I love him, but like <laughs> but like I I'm just not really into detective shows, detective stuff. Really? Although I do love like a good mystery. 
for example, like Knives Out. Like I love the that kind of mystery. Like a lighthearted whodunit. But I don't know. We still haven't watched True Detective season three. True. Because <laughs> I'm just not. Even though I love it, like I love the quality of it, I really do, and I love Mahershala. No bad blood there. Excited, <laughs> excited for Blade. I just can't press play for some reason. Yeah. So that's the thing is like anytime you're starting new content, it's always like that initial hurdle of just pressing play on the first episode, knowing, oh. knowing that you have 10 to maybe 30 or 40 episodes to go through. I get it. It's just hard that there's like that always that mental hurdle to jump. So tell me about it. It's really hard for me to recommend things that I know that people may not enjoy. So a lot of the TV we cover on this podcast are the things that I think most people would enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's just exemplary. Even my own personal taste, though, often falls to the wayside. So like one of the shows I like, which is really strange, is I thought was really well done this last year was um, Superman and Lois. Mm. on CW because I'm a huge Superman fan Mm -hmm. and I think that that show is like top-notch quality Tyler Hecklin Hoeklin Hoeklin is like one of the best portrayals live-action portrayals of Superman Clark Kent I've ever seen all time he's just so good rivaling Christopher Reeve Henry Cavill anyone who's ever portrayed Superman did that season end strong uh you know, it ends on a cliffhanger. It's a C- it's still a CW show. But oh, like, that's right. <laughs> I love I love it. Like I I just love it, and I I it's probably something I'll never talk about. Like I'll never cover it. We could cover it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is like right. there's there's sort of a difference for me in like recommending TV shows and you know enjoying shows. So like, but then there's stuff where like my my personal taste aligns with things that are considered good. So like, we're about to do Succession and Morning Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of those I couldn't recommend enough. Ted Lasso season two became good toward the latter half. We're about to do our Witcher episode literally right now. <laughs> a lot of the Disney Plus shows are interesting. Like I would recommend Mandalorian to a lot of people. Uh, Boba Fett's playing right now. That's that's a thing. Boba Fett is one of the shows I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as far as like TV goes, like I said, it's one of the things that intrigues me the most because I love the long format storytelling. But I just, it, it takes time, and uh, I still haven't watched Mr. Robot. I've enjoyed us going back through classic anime. That's yeah. been fun. Yeah. I, <laughs> there, there's a whole other level of that. Like, I want to go watch so many things in anime, like, so bad. And I can't. I have a large desire to go back and watch some anime. Yeah. You know, there's just so much crap. Cobra Kai was fun. Super fun. Super I love, hot. I love the great British baking show <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you told me that I love queer eye a lot. <laughs> yeah. You, I was going to say, you told me to watch queer eye. queer eye. No, no. I said, I think you would uh, be impacted by that show. Cause I think it's a very impactful show. Yeah, did you put my name in for queer eye? Secretly? <laughs> I should. Don't do it. I don't think you would say yes. I think if they showed up on your doorstep, you'd just close the door. And <laughs> You're like, sorry, I'm not here. Come and try back later. They're like, wow, we really need to help this guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's screaming. Help me. I don't know what, I mean, I'd have to go back and look at the list. These are just off the top of my head. So Midnight Mass was memorable. Midnight Mass. Yeah, I couldn't recommend his stuff enough. Mike Flanagan. Netflix's spooky. Squid Game was great this year. Yeah, we did see that. <laughs> I can't remember. Arcane is worth checking out. I can love Arcane. WandaVision was really good. Uh, we could not recommend Cowboy Bebop, right. and we could not recommend Jupiter's Legacy. The only reason we covered those, just FYI... We did cover that. Are because, yeah, because Jupiter's Legacy is 
a comic book by a man that I really like as far as a, a writer named Mark Miller. So it was really interesting to see that portrayal in a live action series, even though Netflix didn't give it enough money to work well. But I mean, also... you think more money would have saved that show? Maybe. Maybe. We'll never know now. The mystery was really good. And then Cowboy Bebop 2021, the only reason we covered that is because secretly we really wanted to cover the 1998 series. Yeah. And also we have a macabre curiosity for train wrecks. Yeah. <laughs> True. And like like the conversation surrounding it is so interesting to me. It's like, what yeah. happened here? Absolutely. What is actually good? Is it possible to make a good live action adaptation of a animated cartoon? What was our consensus on that? I think it I think I said it was possible and that it's like sequels and reboots. It is possible to make good content. My name's Gabe. They don't have to be <laughs> Let bad. me get on my soapbox and scream at the wind for a little bit. Succession's good. I love Succession. We're about to talk about it. Like we're recording that episode in like three days. So probably top one show in terms of things that I did not expect to enjoy as much as I did. <laughs> you had a hard time getting through season one. I did. And I think I still... And then I feel like once season two hit, you just like went through it really quick. Yeah, it builds momentum. But also the things <laughs> that happen in season one, I think are still the top. It is like, <laughs> just thinking back on it, like the things that Kendall goes through in that in that season, it is... Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> anyway. There's so many. Th- again, this has all been off the top of my head. If I just looked up a list, I could just start listing shows for all y'all but go watch superman and lois cw might be canceled soon anyway so as a channel yeah <laughs> what yeah because uh warner brothers or whomever owns it right now i can't remember uh is putting all of the cw up for sale wow yeah like the flash the whole Arrowverse thing that started. the disney hawks are circling yeah it's like or the <laughs> well <laughs> the crows. i could see a lot of the cw shows ending but superman's really good mm-hmm. really good story too I really like what I've seen of it surprised me in terms of quality. Quality, yeah. yeah. I think the first episode captured the Man of Steel tone, which it's, was shocking to me. It's a weird mix of like all of my favorite things about Superman, like Smallville, Superman, um, Christopher Reeve, Superman, like being on the farm, mm-hmm. you know, just crazy. Anyway, this has been our recap. Re, what was it called? Retrospective. Retrospective episode. A year in review. Yep. And now you know what we think for Mm -hmm. those of you that care so much about steven and gabe that you can't get enough because also this could be one of the episodes you just skip (laughs) (laughs) why would we watch a retrospective when we've already been here why would we spend an hour listening to these two idiots bumble their way just regurgitate their thoughts like cows (laughs) (laughs) just chewing the cud you're a goldfish we already talked about this what were we talking about Let me get on my soapbox and scream at the wind for a little bit. Every time I see something subpar, even if it's from an IP that is, you know, people don't expect a lot out of, it just makes me sad. It's like recently with Boba, where it's like, it's not a bad show, but think how good this show could be. It's insane to think about. I'd like some more Boba Fett in my Boba Fett In my Boba Fett, right? Well, (laughs) yeah. They don't have to be bad. My name's Gabe. They don't have to be bad. You always say that. You always say that. You say, let me get on my soapbox. 